Right to be read podcast, episode number 135. Interview with Johnny Andres. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. It's me, Ani Alexander, today with slightly different voice because I cut cold and lost part of it. So today it's gonna be a little bit different, but it's okay because we already have a pre-recorded interview, so I won't be the one talking too much with this voice today. So today I'm going to present you with yet another Blab recording, and we did a live Blab session with the Johnny Andrews. And Johnny Andrews was on my podcast on episode 20, which was one and still is one of the most popular episodes of the podcast so far. So on this blab, we discuss with Johnny about how to build an author platform and why it's so important. So go ahead, enjoy the interview and thanks a lot for listening to the podcast as always. Okay. Hello, Johnny. Welcome to the Right to Be Read podcast. Thanks a lot for coming back again. You were on episode 20 and now we're like something around episode 137 already. So it's nice to have you back after more than 100 episodes. <laughs> Thank you. I feel old. That, that, that kind of puts me into a context of feeling, I feel the ancientness of it sort of oozing out of my pores. Well, I mean, older, smarter, right? And and we're here to get part of your, to pick your brain, so. <laughs> totally, that's, that's a good yeah. thing. Absolutely. Okay, so today I want to talk about building author platforms. So let's kind of start from the basics and uh, define for us what an author platform actually is. All right. I'm going to use a fun little analogy that I've been working on, been, been sitting there tooling it. So okay. um, basically, in this world, everybody's born with, with a stadium. You know, we all have this thing. And throughout the course of our lives, we're going to have, you know, maybe the average person, I guess you could say, is going to have like maybe 100 people sitting in the seats. I mean, this thing can hold thousands. But the average person, you know, that just kind of goes on to do whatever – you know, they're going to have their, their their parents, you know, their, you know, a couple of family members, spouses, friends, that kind of stuff. And those are the people that are sitting in the seats cheering for them. Now, if you want to be an author, if that's your goal in life, what your job is outside of writing good books that people actually want to read is you got to put butts in those seats. You have to fill your stadium because what happens is when you go to sell a book and if you only have, say, 16 people sitting in there, well, you're not really, you know, Day job is not being quit at that particular point. So what you need to do and your sole purpose in life is to put the butts in the seat so that when you say, hey, I've got this thing, you know, it's like going to a Bears game where you get a bunch of drunken fans going, yeah, and they like, you know, get excited and they cheer for you and they buy your stuff. So that's really what an author platform is. That is fill in the stadium filling your stadium specifically with people that absolutely love your stuff. And so that is a big, long process that I, st I think really scares the crap out of a lot of people. Um, I think the miss, what do you call it? I guess you could say sort of, you know, the, 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 the miscommunication out there in the world is that, you know, if you have books, you just sell those books. You don't, it doesn't yeah. really work like that. It, it, it did back in the day, I think, 
when there weren't a hundred million authors. But the reality is now there's so many authors, so many self-published, so many published authors that books are a commodity. You know, it's like pencils at this point. And so you need to do something to distinguish yourself from everybody else. And if you have, if you don't have butts in the seats in your stadium, you're going nowhere. And that's the, so that's the goal is, you know, you have to sell to somebody. And so that's who those people are. That's your author platform is your stadium. Does that make sense? Um, I'm just curious. Is that working yeah, yeah, for everybody? Yeah, yeah, it does. Absolutely. So I was just wondering, um, I had like many people telling that you have to create your platform first before you start writing and selling your books. There were other people telling that you have to make sure that you have have certain amount of books before you start creating your platform and marketing those books. So which comes first, the egg or the ham? Doesn't matter. <clears throat> Doesn't a- it absolutely does not matter. Did you say which comes first, the egg or the ham? Yeah, ham, ham. Oh, the ham. <laughs> that accent. That, that, that accent of yours is how it gets me every time. <laughs> I, I actually kind of prefer it the other way. Which comes first, the egg or the ham? It's like, you know what? That's a hard one to answer because I enjoy eating both. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> No, the, uh, the, the, the fun thing is it doesn't really matter how you do it just as long as you do it. You know, the two factors that come into being a successful author these days are number one, you have to write books, you have to publish books, you have to keep putting that stuff out. It has to be good stuff. So you have to develop a process and a daily ritual around the creation of the thing that is to be sold. All right. Mm-hmm. The other half of that equation, actually almost bigger than that is then you have to put the butts in the seats. And so if you have books, great. If you don't have books, fine. It doesn't really matter. Sit down and write so that you can then have books. And you also have to sit down and you have to build build those eyeballs and put all that stuff in there. That's it, it put those people in the seat. So it doesn't, you know, in terms of the egg or the ham, I'd say it doesn't matter. Start with one and then add the other in very quickly thereafter. Okay, I see. So Does it mean that there are certain uh, strategic decisions you have to make before starting building your platform? Like, I don't know, choosing the genre you are going to write in or, you know, uh, coming up with your ideal reader you want to reach and stuff like that. Or, you know, what, what are the first steps? Like, let's say I'm starting from scratch. What do I have to take into consideration? I would definitely figure out what you want to write first. Because if you say, for example, go into post-apocalyptic young adult uh, kind of stuff and you realize that, you know, about, say, 50,000 words into a book that that absolutely sucks and you hate doing it, you're going to have a rude awakening if you just put 10,000 people on an email list. You're like, hey, guys, thanks for your time. I'm out of here. And then you dump it and all the time, effort and money uh, that, that you put in there. So I would definitely highly recommend figuring out who you are and who you serve, meaning, you know, what, what direction, like, for example, I, uh, you know, I have that Isle of Vampire novels ecosystem and that specifically, specifically caters to a very narrow, but hyper responsive niche, which is, you know, people that love paranormal romance. And so, you know, I know who I'm catering to. I know that audience, um, you know, both the authors as well as the uh, readers. And so that's why it's able to connect them so well to, you know, connect them so well uh, but but if people are just starting out and they're not really sure, I'd say start writing first, figure out what you want to do, figure out who you are, because you're going to be doing a lot of that. I mean, this is a job. Make no mistake yeah. about it. If you want to be a successful author, it's a labor of love, you know, because there's going to be and it's not a labor of inspiration. 
just to kind of throw that out there as a monkey wrench for people who maybe haven't, you know, put butt <laughs> in seat and fingers to keys. It's, it's, um, here, this is a big point. So let's get the lens flare. There we go. Um, <laughs> no, we have, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pain in the butt to really do this sometimes. You know, you have to sit yeah. down and develop your daily writing ritual. And if, if it's something, if you're not even remotely excited about the story, that's what happened to me. All through last year, you know, I had a bunch of disposable time on my hands for various reasons. And I was like, you know what? This could be cool. It's, uh, it's you know, I did some podcasts and all this fun stuff. I was like, I think I'm going to write. And I sat down and it's just, I'm not in that space anymore. You know, I, I, I hated doing it. It just burned me out every day. I like just did not want to make that happen. And so that, that was a sign, you know, and I was writing post-apocalyptic kind of stuff. It's stuff I enjoy reading, you know, but I just didn't want to write it right then. Um, so figure out if that's even going to be for you. Cause it's a lot of work and spend a couple months doing that. So, but if you are an author who has been there and is, is currently there, like I've seen some names that I recognize from, uh, you know, the folks I've worked with on the vampire novel ecosystem, it's, you know, you, you already know what you're doing. You know, you already know who you are and where you are. Now you have to figure out where your audience is and you have to start building that audience. And the other thing to keep in mind is just like writing as a daily ritual, the marketing behind building your platform and your ecosystem and your, you know, let's use every term that, that means the same thing. The platform is the email list is the newsletter. It's like all the same thing. Um, okay. That's so let's let's dive into that. Yes. Let, let's just start like a step by step thing. Let's start. Uh, let's say I'm starting from scratch. Let's take your example of one pair of novels and that target audience. So, um, how do you start? Like day one, you you made the decisions. You you are happy with uh, spending your time writing those type of books. You know that you won't really get fed up of it very soon. And you know what type of people like uh, reading those books. So what comes next? Well, basically, you start building. Um, I, I would run basically like giveaways. That's, that's what I found is to be the fastest road to get to a bigger result. Um, you only target people that are in that. So what you do is you make a big list of all of the major authors who are in that niche. And what I do is I run Facebook and Twitter ads. Just it, it doesn't need to be, you know, a million dollars a day, but just a slow dip, drip of like three to five bucks a day. Um, you know, once you tweak it and hone it and stuff like that, you can run an ad to a particular giveaway and it can be ridiculous. Let me give you some examples. Like, and, and I mean, I've stacked the deck in my favor to sort of a, near Herculean level with these things because of the length of time I've been doing this in this niche. But, uh, you know, you can very cheaply build a very hyper responsive group of people that you can communicate with and be like, Hey, how you doing? I'm an author. Here's my books. Here's one for free. Have a taste. You know, it's a crack dealer business model, essentially, you know, they give you, you give them the first hit for free and then you kind of, you know, catch them up when they come back for more. But, so uh, you give away your book for free. Yeah, essentially give away a short story or your book. I know a lot of authors struggle with that idea because, you know, here's this, this labor of love, this painful thing that was, you know, birthed <laughs> from their loins. And it, the first book always takes the longest. It's that, that's the one that's like, it takes a year. You have to learn how to work on it. You know, it's, it's this massive learning curve. You know, people are just bleeding from their eyeballs when they're trying to think about it. And then here comes this here comes this random dude no one's ever heard of going, give that away for free. It's like, <laughs> sure, jerk, let me get right on that. Um, but it's, it's true because you're building a long-term business. Like, you're not going to make a living off one book usually. You know, in nonfiction, yeah. you can. But in fiction, I just don't think that's 
Mm. I, I just I don't see that as being realistic. Like if you want to stack the deck in your favor, you're going to need to be coming out with more stuff more often. Yeah. And so yeah, I see. the reason you give away the first book free or a prequel or something is the best way to do it usually is to write a series. Um, you give it away so people can they can sample you. They can figure out who you are. And after that, you can raise the price. Like, great example from the Paranormal Romance, uh, Bella Forrest. I did a case study video on her last year with the podcast kind of thing. And what she did was for a long time, she started doing this in 2012, which implies to me she was probably writing the first group of books uh, in 2011 and then sort of backlogged that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but since, you know, 2012, the first one came out. And her entire series, I mean, she's usually in the top 100 on all of Amazon whenever she launches a new one. What's interesting is when she launches a new one, even though it's in a series, a large portion of her books rise up mm. into that top 100. And it just ends up like, it, you know, she sold well over a million copies and she's completely on her own. It's not like a, you know, a publisher or anything like that. So she used to give away that first one for free and then she changed it. You know, now it's 99 cents. So you can yeah. feel free to experience, you know, experiment with all that kind of stuff. But she also has a fan base that's willing to pay four bucks for a digital book, mm. uh, you know, box sets, all that kind of stuff. So she's established that. But it all started with, hey, come get my book for free. Yeah, I see. Well, basically, uh, you're giving your book for free, but how are you making sure that people know about the giveaway? Are there like the ads you're running? Mm -hmm. Targeting the people who are actually um, like fans of um, of uh, the writers who are writing in the same genre, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, for example, like there's this big movement on these shifter things, you know, people that like morph from, you know, human to bear to wolf to snake. <laughs> I think there might have been yeah. one that was a scorpion, but it didn't do well. Um and yeah, that, that kind of stuff, you, you find the authors who are doing that and you run ads to that and you can do a giveaway. The free book is, is passive. For example, you can, you know, throw that into Amazon, iTunes, Barnes and Noble, all those different kinds of things. And it just sort of acts as a passive, uh, marketing push. And what mm -hmm. I would do with the perma free book kind of thing like that is I would probably run maybe a $3 a day ad to it in Facebook yeah. and Twitter. And it's like, Hey, free, you know, free first and serious kind of thing. See what you think. People will buy that. And it's inexpensive enough that you can actually promote that book directly. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, you'll start picking up fans that way. Cause then you have a call to action in the book. And I personally, uh, with the authors I've worked with, we use graphics. So it's mm -hmm. this cool looking, Hey, click here to get this thing, you know? So yeah, I yeah. typically will do like a free, short story, a free prequel, a free novella, like whatever you're going to do, but it happens to be in the genre. So you click mm -hmm. that, jump through, now you're on an email list. Yay. So that's one version of it. The second version of it is if you're going to run a giveaway and that's where you do a physical product and then what I call an enhancer. So like a gift card or a Kindle or whatever. Uh, you, interestingly enough, this is just because I think we've run almost a hundred giveaways or we have uh, we have uh, literally a new one booked every day through the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, it matters like the graphics are what matter, but and and two things matter the most because we don't target giveaway sites and and this is important to kind of take away. Don't target giveaway sites with this stuff. Target the readers that you're still targeting with your free book. So you're like, hey, I'm yeah. going to give you an autographed like paperback, something or other, plus like a gift card. 
And then a big important was is like the everybody wins factor. So everybody that enters this thing ends up getting a free copy of mm-hmm. whatever that thing is in digital format. So you give away the physical, everybody wins a free digital one. That way no one feels like hammered crap. They're like, oh, I'm disappointed. Because you don't want to link emotions of disappointment to yeah. you as an author. You want people to be elated when they when they see your name and lights and on books and things like that. And so the biggest thing that has made a difference in, in say, the cost of lead acquisition for authors is that factor. If you're giving away your book digitally for free to anyone who signs up for it, that makes a huge difference. It's you almost it's been shocking, but I've seen people do $15 gift cards all the way up to $100 gift cards and iPads. It doesn't make a difference. I mean it does it does a little bit. Like later on, um the lead cost starts coming down uh dramatically if you have that stuff, but the initial lead cost is all pretty much the same. Mm. It's pretty crazy. And then just run ads to that. So you target those guys and people, you're going to build your subscribers like crazy. It's it's super cool. Okay, so let's say we built the list. We have people on there, and now we have the second stage where we want these people to stay in the list because many people, especially the ones who kind of you know jump into getting free stuff, usually when you email them with with something else later on, they tend to unsubscribe or to stay because that's that's like the second email they are getting from you is like the one which may change in in their mind and and make them decide whether they stay or leave. So how do you approach that? I mean, once you have them in the list, what do you do with them? Um, Well, okay. First of all, there's a fundamental psychology that has to be adopted when you're doing this. Okay. Let me, let's, let's make a circle with our hands, people. All right. My pretty freaking face right now. (laughs) This is that. Think of that as the bullseye in the target. All right. So, And what's going to happen is you're trying to pull people from the outer rims here of the capabilities of my screen. Now, these people don't know who you are. They don't know what you're giving them. All they know is that they are, you know, if you're doing your targeting correctly, they are, the deck is stacked in your favor for them to like what you have. Mm -hmm. Let's say paranormal romance, shocking. They're already fans of these things. So what you're going to do is you're going to pull people from out here to the face, out to the face. There is going to be some loss between here and here. Yeah. Accept this. You know, this is something to accept. You have to understand you're in sales now. You're 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 doing insurance sales. It's funny because um being an author has become all about generating leads. Yeah. It happened so fast. That's what we call industry maturation. As the industry matures, it ceases to be about direct sales and becomes more about lead acquisition and conversion. And it happened in like, I want to say not even five years for this particular thing. So it's the rapid evolution of this because it's, it's how insurance companies work. It's how healthcare companies work. It's how uh, colleges work. You know, it's a freaking business. There's no difference between being an author and essentially, you know, selling homeowners insurance. It's, it's crazy in terms of the, the skeletal business process. And so mm-hmm. when you're out here, you're going to have people who are going to unsubscribe. They're going to decide they don't like you. They're going to decide that maybe you email them too much or maybe you don't email them enough. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Who cares? Because let them go. They're not, your, they're not your reader. It doesn't matter. This is simply part of the process because what you're doing is you're weeding them out. Like the reason I don't go and target uh, people who are – I, I don't know, like giveaway junkies, even though I know that I could probably put 
a hundred thousand people on my email list in like four months. I'm going to be getting a bunch of yahoos that don't care even slightly. It's not about the numbers. It's about the quality. It's, it's, it's about and two things. You're going to pay for them, right? Yes. I'm paying for these fools and they probably want to win a Buick instead of reading the <laughs> book. And that's not okay with me, you know? So that's why oh, it's yeah. like, you know, it's going to be a few thousand instead of a few hundred thousand. So targeting is key to this whole process because your fallout then is a lot less than it would be if you just went, hey, everybody, I'm here. So yeah. keep it real focused. Your numbers will be smaller, but your cost per lead is going to be way less. Your open rates in your emails is going to be way more. You click through like, Let me give you an example. I was talking to um, – actually, she might be on right now. I think it might have been uh, Vela Day uh, was saying that the industry average uh, during a giveaway is like when you finally send them the free book is 10%. Ours was 33, and that was just on the first, I believe, first email. And so the reason that's the case, the reason it's like astronomically higher – is be, these are the people that want this stuff to begin with. They're not there because, oh, free stuff, awesome. They don't care if it's an autographed romance novel or like, you know, a year's supply of Tide. It doesn't mm. matter, you know, that's a big deal. So make sure. So, what do you email those people once you get on your list? What are they getting from you? Naked photos, constant. <laughs> just bombard <laughs> them with porn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you want to be sending them. The first one should be, hey, thank you so much. Remind them where they came from, uh, you know, how they heard about you, who you are, and what's in it for them, and give immediately give them the link to go get the free thing that you promised them. And then tell them that you're going to be emailing them in a few days uh, with some other really cool stuff. So that way you build that expectation, and you're going to mm -hmm. be asking them what they think of it. So remember, you're starting a conversation. Think about it this way, you know, in the dating circle. So you can go and you just flip it around on Tinder kind of thing. And this is a little bit different. This is the way it used to be where a friend of yours would introduce you to somebody <laughs> and they might be slightly more interested in you than someone who just swiped right or left. I'm not sure which is positive or negative because I'm married. I don't Tinder. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, yeah, it's just it. Yeah, it really is very similar to dating in a lot of ways, except this is someone who you, you, you have a reference, you have a referral almost. And so they don't really know you yet, but they know that they that that. Somewhere mm -hmm. out there, they thought you were cool to begin with. So you have a little bit of a foot in the door, and then you're nice to them. You give them cool stuff. Uh, Ann Gimple, who's another lady we're working with, she was actually the first person to sign up for these giveaways that we did. And she got almost 4,000 leads from this thing because she went out there and did a lot of hustle herself uh, and re-upped on the Facebook spend. Like She did everything right. It was crazy. So I've been working with her. Um, a lot because her process has been kind of awesome. Uh, she was getting 68% open rates on these things. And what she was doing was she was just giving them the book and then telling them, hey, I'm going to ask you for your opinion. So she asked for opinion. She engaged people in conversation uh, out on Facebook or in Twitter and things like that. And so what you do is you kind of take it out of the email, make it public out there on your other accounts so people can see that. And so now what you've developed is social proof that you're a real person, that there's real stuff going on. You can also put these people on your review team, which is huge. So you can take those people out, maybe some of them. You always want to have a nice group of people that when you release a new book, you say, hey, here I'm going to give you an ARC or an advanced reader copy of this thing. And then on this day, please go and read this. You can ex usually expect about 10 to 15% of people to, I mean, everyone will take you up on it, but 10 to 15% of them will actually take the time to, you know, 
leave mm-hmm. the review kind of thing. So you could do that with them. And then what I do is I set up a sequence of emails that ha- that hit them every three days. When people are like, oh, I'm going to email them once a month. I'm like, they're going to forget who you are. These people yeah. didn't, you know, th- you need to be hitting them once a week minimum. I'm heavy handed. Like I'll admit I'm captain freaking email, but I like to sell stuff. Um, I'll yeah. have a higher unsubscribe rate, whatever. That's cool. But I'm going to take people through like a six book series. Every three days, they're going to get an automated email from that that's like, hey, here's the next book in the series. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm like, hey, hope you like the last one. You know, in this one, we follow our character. And I almost, I give them sort of an augmented version of the blurb that's more like a story-based conversation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can read that here. Then I give them a link to go get it. So that's mm-hmm. how that one works. But that, I mean, that's just me. That's how I do it. I like to hit them every three days. I know that scares the crap out of a lot of people. Um, <laughs> but the other psychology you have to understand is you have to get over not e- you know emailing these people. You have to send the messages. And I know it can be a pain in the butt to have to come up with new content. And so that's why I put them into an autoresponder. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like it's I write the messages once, I put them there, and it just goes. That's all there is to it. Yeah, that's that's a nice way to automate stuff. So let's just imagine I'm just trying to understand like I'm trying to to put a more concrete thing under this platform idea. Mm-hmm. So let's say what is the minimum number of uh, people in your platform which will uh, make you I don't know, I mean, let's just put a number each month of revenue from books. I don't know. Let's say uh, $1,000. Thousand bucks. Hell if I know. I mean, that's going to be completely, uh, you know, it's up to, there, there's too many things. There's way too many factors in there to even begin predicting that. It's like, you know, what's the price of the books? First of all, how many of them are there? You know, are they all in the same genre? Are they even any good? I mean, it's like, there's so much going on in that question. Like there's zero predictability whatsoever. So Okay, that. Yeah. Okay. Then let, let's just, you know, break it up and, and say which are the factors that affect the upcoming, uh, sales figures and what one has to consider. Like, well, at that you know, point, think, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what's going to affect your sales is definitely going to be, um, you know, the presentation of your books. Are they the right thing? for the right people. If they're the right thing for the right people, then you have no problems. You have nothing to worry about. Um, one big factor that you can look at is if you have a series, what's your sell through, you know, from book one to book two, uh, if you have a perma free, your sell through will be lower, obviously because free books, you know, they attract free people, that kind of thing. And so, uh, the, the, the best leads you're ever going to get in terms of your platform are going to be the ones that buy a book and then subscribe to your email list. Like there is no other way to do that. But in order to get the people to buy the book, you typically have to, you know, work them through this process. Yeah. So the, you know, the factors would be the cover, the blurb, uh, reviews are beyond a shadow of a doubt, probably almost more important than having the book. Like, it's like, if you don't, have, I try, I remember some guy signed up and he tried to like buy an ad from us. And, you know, he, he was char- author out of nowhere, charging like nine ninety nine for this ebook. Nobody wow. had ever heard of him. Zero reviews. I'm like, dude, seriously, come on now. Like, that's not how this world works. Please understand this. You know, yeah. I would feel bad taking your money to have you go out there because what's going to happen is you're not, you, no one's going to buy anything from you right. ever if you're doing this. Right. It's like, this book should be like 99 cents or free because no one knows you, dude. Like, you got to get known. You got to build that up. You got to build the notoriety. And that takes time. So you're looking at like a three to five year process. You need, uh, you know, to, to really get to a good point. It depends if you're, if you're just blowing leads at these, if you're just blowing money into ads and your book is killer, 
you can do well with that, but you're still going to need to feed them. You have to feed the machine, meaning yeah. you have to feed the, this audience more stuff. So you got to put out another book and then another book and another book. So all the normal factors that affect it, the cover, the title, uh, you know, the categories, the reviews, the writing, holy mother of God, please have good writing. Um, <laughs> yes, please. It, 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 it's completely subjective too, because I've read stuff that's like in the top 100, you know, thousand plus reviews. I'm like, this is the worst thing I have ever well, I mean, closer to your genre, Twilight isn't really a good quality writing in terms of text, right? Yeah, I don't particularly care for it. I mean, it's fine. It's like, whatever. But that's the thing is your audience is going to tell you if it's any good. And that, you know, lots of people will buy a first book for 99 cents. That's not a hard sell. You know, that's low-hanging fruit. The trick is, will they buy the next book for more money? And so yeah. if you get above a 50% sell through. If you're selling, and I've done this too, I've, you know, with, with some of our in-house authors, we have like a, a bunch of testing uh, that I'm doing in, in all these things. It's you, you push that first 99 cent book. And then if you have below a 50% sell through rate, you might not be making it. Cause what I've seen is, for example, we kind of missed the genre a little bit in one of our series. And so we had a 20% sell through to the second book, but after that, it was almost 90% would buy every book in the series. Uh-huh. But that huge drop-off right there from the beginning, with only six books in the series, it actually killed the earning potential of the entire thing. And so what has to happen is you have to nail that genre and nail the expectations of the readers in that first book in order to get them to move forward. You ever want to see a great example of this depicted visually? Watch the, uh, the, the show Shameless. I want to say it's like a Showtime thing about like these – you know, about like, uh, you know, this, this group of poor kids and their alcoholic drug addicted father in this in on the south side of Chicago. And it's just swearing and sex and violence <laughs> and just never ending lunacy. And that first one, they like shove it all in there. They're in the third season now. And it's like the writing's getting like really dark and crazy. And it's good. It's super good. But in order to hook everybody, they had to have like, nudity and lunacy going about the, through that entire thing so people would watch the second show mm-hmm. yeah so basically i mean i'm listening to you and i'm realizing that there is no magic button actually it's you know it's a lot of work it's a lot of writing it's a lot of elements to make sure that all of them are well done and in place and correct and only in that case things start moving and and actually kind of you know once it starts moving and you figure things out i guess it's much easier and faster and <laughs> And, and more fun but in the beginning i guess it's a lot of experimenting and finding out stuff and making sure that you once you get these people in the list you actually keep them and and have this engagement and relationships with them absolutely is that right did i yeah, get it no, right? it's exactly it's you know i, I gave this talk live um, uh, <laughs> you know a couple of weeks ago it was hilarious because it was you know a local group of authors you know, none of them really had any idea what was going on. I think most of them <laughs> were, you know, they go to the writing group once a month and try to work on character development and stuff. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm like, and it was funny because every single one of them, when I asked if they wanted to get a publisher and they wanted to be successful, they're all like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but who here is willing to do the work to get there? And that's what this, you know, and I'm like, that's what this presentation is about is the work on the writing side and the work on the marketing side that you have to do regardless if you want to get a publisher, especially if you want to get a publisher that needs to go into this thing 
in order to get you to a level where anyone's going to give a crap about your existence at all. And, you know, it really was sort of like this anvil, like, you know, Looney Tune coyote chasing the roadrunner, anvil crushing the skull kind of a moment uh, to people's souls, I think, because they realized we're looking at three years minimum, typically. You know, yeah. uh, what what I hate more than anything else is when I read these like, you know, overnight Kindle millionaire where, you know, some husband find the wife's book and uploads it without her knowing and it catches this <laughs> algorithm which lifts it up on high and you know next thing you know they're like celebrating her praises that's a bunch of crap it like yay it happened that's not your story sorry guys yeah, everybody right. here that's not your story if you expect that to be your story you're setting yourself up for failure what your story is is you know if you're working you're the person like el james Great example of hard work. Sat on the train, used her BlackBerry, wrote every day to and from her job, to and from her job for years. You know, worked it hard, ended up getting a publishing deal. Even after that, it still took a long ass time for that book to catch. You know, so mm -hmm. that's that's kind of, that's an actual story. Like everybody sees the big explosion, but they don't know. Like Harry Potter, for example, that took like what ten years to pick up. It's crazy. Yeah. This is this is like you can do it for yourself in three. You absolutely can. But you have to that first year. That I mean, you're gonna get your crap kicked out of you. It's gonna be crazy. So be prepared oh, yeah, to work uh -huh. your butt off. I mean, I interviewed um, Mark Dawson, who who is a, a guy from the UK. He um, he was making around four hundred fifty k a year on Amazon by mm -hmm. his thrillers, selling his thrillers. Uh, but he was working as a lawyer before he quit his job, and he was commuting to London and back one hour and a half each morning and and back later on. Yes. So he had three hours in a train, and he he wrote for. I think a year or two years daily for three hours while on the train, mm -hmm. all the books in the series. And then he, he did this Facebook ads magic and started trying these things. And he definitely gave out all the first books in the series. Actually, what he's doing is he's, um, he's getting people on the list by giving all the first books of all the series he has. So I think it's four or five books altogether from the first. Right. Yeah, he has the free bundle. Yeah. So, but, but basically, I mean, it, it sounds like an overnight success, but that guy, I mean, wrote three hours a day, every single day for about two years. So it's, it's not really an overnight thing, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have to commit to this thing and it's, you're not going to, you know, if you want to just test the water, the only test you're going to do is to see if the, if you want to be a writer, the rest of it is all work. You know, yeah, that's the, that, yeah, that's the only sort of like litmus test. Like, and that's what I did. It's, you know, cause I used to write all the time as a kid. And so, you know, when I'm sitting there thinking, it's like, oh, you know, you have to take it sort of a year and kind of, you know, I'm going to find myself as a 38 year old freaking man. Like what's wrong with me? But you know, it was, you know, I, so I spent a year trying to do that. I'm just like, I hate this. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I'm not that guy anymore. So, you know why? Because I think writing for money and writing like, you know, prolific writing in terms of you have to do it regularly, mm -hmm. no matter whether you feel like that or not, as opposed to writing whenever you feel like that, just for fun with no pressure and stuff like that are completely two different things. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, <clears throat> the writing for money thing, what we are talking with you about right now is um, can feel like a job. And many mm -hmm. people kind of, you know, might prefer getting a real job because it's safer. It's, it's, um, and less writing. 
simpler and and then they can write whenever they feel like and if they don't succeed as writers they have this you know perfect excuse it's not like they failed but they didn't even try because they were too busy going to work and stuff like that so they they it's kind of you know they are hiding behind that excuse also so you never know whether yeah maybe they were just you know making sure that uh, (laughs) yeah you're totally right Exactly. And uh, yeah, and I, I sat down every day, went to Starbucks. They loved me there. It was wonderful. I drank so much of their coffee. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I wrote every day, you know, minimum 2000 words. And, you know, it was just, uh, it just wasn't for me because I love the business end of it. Absolutely. Okay. So we covered most of the business parts related to the author platform building in this session. So if you would like to get the whole Blab recording because we carried on much longer and had more questions to cover at Blab, just go to my website to www.annealexander.com backward slash 135 and you will get the video recording of the whole blab and see me and Johnny discussing the thing live. Well, I guess that was it. Uh, Take care, have a very productive week and hopefully my next episode will be with my real voice which I'm waiting to come back. Take care and keep writing.